Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, everyone, welcome to Dan Snow's History. We've got a big episode for you today. It's more breaking news over here at History. We're working with colleagues in Europe to bring you the very exciting news that bodies have been discovered on the battlefield of Waterloo. The great clash in June 1815, the final definitive end of Napoleon's reign over France and over much of Europe. The battle that it was a watershed in early modern European history. That battle, despite looming so large in people's consciousness, has never produced much in the way of archaeology. We have a couple of bodies that have been found. We have human remains discovered by our friends and colleagues over at Waterloo Uncovered, a brilliant organisation. But this is the first time this many bodies have been uncovered, for rather macabre reasons that you're about to hear. I'm joined by the team responsible for it, Bernard Wilkins, who's a senior researcher at the Belgian State Archive, and he's collaborating with friend of the pod, Rob Schaefer, who's a German military historian, researcher and writer who's been able to do some archival work helping to understand more about these bodies. This is big news. You'll hear on the recording, I was surprised to learn that there's a British body as well. So we have a British body from the Battle of Waterloo. Not just any British body, but it appears to be a body from the guards, the men who are responsible for defeating Napoleon's last gasp, the final throw of the dice, the final attack of the old guard, Napoleon's elite, who headed up, climbed up to the ridge on which Wellington's allied army was standing in the very dying moments of the battle and were repulsed. If it is true that we have a British guardsman, it would be very, very important and exciting indeed. As a result of this podcast, I'm heading out to Waterloo on the 1st of February. If you follow my social media feeds, I'll be broadcasting live from the lab in which we'll be looking at these remains. We'll be producing more podcasts and videos for the History Hit YouTube feed and History Hit TV. So make sure you're a subscriber over there and can check out the world's best history channel. But what about the Battle of Waterloo? Fought on the 18th of June, 1815, an allied army led by the Duke of Wellington. Dutch troops, German troops, troops drawn from what is now modern-day Belgium, and of course, British troops fought from the late morning through to the afternoon against Napoleon's French army as he tried to push north towards Brussels. It was a bloody slog. Infantry attacks, cavalry attacks launched and repulsed. Then, in the afternoon of the 18th of June, the Prussian army under Field Marshal Blücher arrived on Napoleon's right flank, his eastern flank, and Napoleon was forced to start diverting troops and fight in a formation that looks like two sides of a square, like a right angle, pressured from both sides. 
the fighting against the Prussians was fiercest at a place called Plancenois, a village which saw house-to-house fighting. And as you'll hear, some of those bodies seem to have been buried and now recovered. This is fascinating and important stuff. These bodies will enable us to learn so much more about the men who fought and died at Waterloo, a battle in which the experience of the fighting men is often obscured by the focus on the big operational level, the strategic level movements, the decisions made by Wellington, Marshal Ney, Emperor Napoleon, Field Marshal Blücher. But in fact, it's the experience of the men on that terrible, bloody field that we should be remembering. And these bodies will help us do that. Enjoy this podcast. And remember, this is just the beginning. In partnership with the Belgian State Archive, we will be in the lab with these bodies on the 1st of February. So watch and listen to this space. Enjoy. T-minus 10. Atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. God save the king. No black-white unity till there is first some black unity. Never to go to war with one another again. And liftoff, and the shuttle has cleared the tower. Rob and Bernard, welcome back to the podcast. Well, hello. Hi, Dan. What an extraordinary breakthrough. Last time you were on the podcast, we discussed why very few bodies have ever been found on the battlefield of Waterloo. Can you just remind the audience how many human remains have been found and why so few? So far, as far as I'm informed, Bernard might correct me there, in recent years, only two sets of human remains have ever been discovered on the Waterloo battlefield by archaeology. One of the reasons being that there was industrial exploitation of human remains on that battlefield in the middle of the 19th century that took place. Maybe Bernard, if you want to say something about this. We discovered that basically bones uh, all over Europe, including Waterloo, were dug by farmers mostly and sold to the sugar industry to produce a certain type of uh, charcoal. It was used to purify sugar. And we have plenty of evidence, which was, I think, quite groundbreaking as a research and made a lot of noise. So these bodies were excavated and used in industrial agricultural processes. So it makes your new discoveries even more important. What, Bernard and Rob, have you found? Well, I was giving a conference uh, paper in Waterloo, actually, uh, at the Memorial of Waterloo, uh, about the topic of bones and the industrial use by uh, sugar factories. And after the end of the conference, I was approached by a man who told me, listen, that was very interesting. And you should know that I have a few Prussians in my attic. And uh, of course, I was a bit surprised and um, he asked a friend of his to show me a few pictures on the phone. And indeed, there were some bones. And he explained to me that those had been found by a friend in Plancenois, so where the Prussians and the French fought during construction work. And they were brought to his attic because at the time he owned a small private museum. And the goal was to expose the bones as a display exhibition. Um, And because he thought that was ethically unacceptable, he kept them all these years. And um, since I was talking about bones, he thought, this is perhaps the right moment to invite you uh, since you work for the National Archives of Belgium. And perhaps you could take care of those bones and bring them back to your institution. That is extraordinary. Now, we should say Plancenoir. You mentioned it's the Prussian part of the battlefield. It's where later in the day, the Prussian army pushed in on Napoleon's eastern flank, catching Napoleon in a kind of pincer movement between Wellington to the north and the Prussians to the east. 
What condition are the bones in? Have you been to see them? Yes, absolutely. I was invited to recover the boxes in which the bones were. So the skeletons are not complete. There are some bones obviously missing, uh, but we have two skulls in a very good condition and various bones. And we also have uh, by-side discoveries, mostly pieces of leather and bone buttons as well. Rob, this is extremely unusual, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is very unusual. And I was very excited when I learned about this, because it's the first time that someone comes and says, I found some evidence of Prussians on the battlefield. So none of the human remains discovered so far are Prussian. And uh, they tie nicely into this forgotten story of the second battle within the Battle of Waterloo, the Battle of Plancenoir, which is not much talked about in English historiography nowadays. So it's super, super exciting, in particular because, if I may say that, it's difficult to phrase that correctly for me because I don't want to be too excited about the fact that many of these uh, bones we found there or that were found there in Plancenoir bear signs of quite vicious trauma by weapons, bladed weapons, and it's really shocking to see. Yeah, please tell me more about what the bones can tell us at first sight about the Battle of Waterloo and about these individuals. Well, already, I mean, I have contacts with a forensic professor uh, who's the top legal authority here, Liège, and he had a first look at the bones. There is going to be further scientific analysis, but he already uh, determined that one of the individuals was probably killed by a very hard blow on the face. And uh, the skull definitely shows heavy signs of violence. The front teeth also were broken pre-mortems well. We have various signs of violence due to blades or perhaps bayonets as well. And everything fits. They have the right age, the right uh, size as well. Um, they're all made, obviously. And at first, we, we thought we had two individuals. But actually, there is four of them at least. Four individuals. Do we think they're all Prussians or might there be French skeletons in there as well? There might indeed be French material in there as well, which is why we have passed them on to Professor Boxeau in Liège, who is now conducting DNA and uh, strontium isotope analysis. So we're still waiting for the results there. Yes, and we should also have a facial reconstruction and various analysis to determine the ethnicity and the geographical location and everything. The problem is the bifinds that were that came with the bones, which we saw, there might have been others earlier on. There's evidence for that. But the bifinds which we have at the moment are, as Bernard said, there are some leather pieces which stem from a shoe or which seem to stem from a shoe. And there are a few bone buttons. And this is basically basic Napoleonic kit for all armies of the 19th century. The bones were identical, five whole bones, um, leather shoes. The French did have patterned shoes. So they did indeed have a shoe pattern for the French army, but the Prussians didn't. They used all kinds of materials they could get their hands on, in particular for their militia units, which fought at Blancenois in large numbers. So it's difficult to say from the finds we have that they are actually Prussian, but they were identified as Prussians when they were found. And as I said, there was evidence that there were more by finds than that. And from their location, it's pretty clear that they are Prussian, although there is a chance that they are French as well. You're listening to Dan Snow's History Hit. We're talking about bodies found at the battlefield of Waterloo. More coming up. Hi, I'm Matt Lewis, historian and host of a new chapter of the Echoes of History podcast. If you're an Assassin's Creed fan... 
and like me, want to be prepared for the launch of Assassin's Creed Shadows later this year, join us on Echoes of History as we head to feudal Japan to explore the real-life history that inspired the latest game from this legendary franchise. Learn about Yasuke, the African warrior who entered the trusted circle of Japan's most powerful warlord. Hear accounts of cultures colliding when Portuguese missionaries landed on Japanese shores and follow Japan's journey through years of division and bitter warfare to unification at the dawn of the modern era. Make sure you catch every episode by following Echoes of History, a Ubisoft podcast brought to you by History Hit, wherever you get your podcasts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And are there any other people come out of the woodwork and said, I also have Waterloo bones that you need to look at? Well, the story is taking really a crazy turn because I was uh, staying with the man who gave me the bones and he told me, by the way, I have a friend who's a metal detectorist and he has about four British as well. What? Yes. So I was very intrigued by that, of course. And um, I also enlisted the help of a colleague of mine, uh, who was called Dominique Bosquet, who was an archaeologist for the Walloon Heritage Agency. And together, we indeed recovered the bones of perhaps four individuals. We don't know yet because they need to be examined by an anthropologist or a forensic. But they were discovered not far away from the Lion Mount, and alongside there was a badge, I think, from the First Guard Regiment. Of the First Guards. So they were on the ridge at Waterloo and they repulsed the attack of the Old Guard, the Imperial Guard, the elite Napoleonic troops at the very end of the battle. That's extraordinary. Yes, presumably that's the, the story behind them, of course. They need to be scientifically analysed, but it seems that it's the case. And is it legal for metal detectors to... Well, you can have um, an authorization from the Walloon Agency, uh, Heritage Agency, but I think in this case, those were dug illegally. That said, at least the guy who found them won the authorities and they were finally given you know, to us. But at least they're now in the right hands. Yes, so the story ends well in this case. But to be frank with you, I know of cases of bones that were discovered and just displayed in private collections. Oh, really? So you think there are more bones in the area? I would say fragments. 
which is logical because you have at least 10,000 uh, casualties during the day, plus the horses, of course. So, uh, yes, although we explained why probably uh, mass graves were dug out, there are still like probably quite a lot of bodies to be found in the individual graves. This is significant news because Waterloo was a huge battle involving nations from right across Europe. I think this will be the centre of of interest from all over the continent, won't it? Yes, we suppose that will garner a lot of interest internationally. Where it goes, we don't know yet. It's also to be seen what else science can discover about these people. Who were they? Where did they come from? How did they suffer? Did they suffer long? What are their their cultural roots? And then we need to see. Yeah, it's, it's highly interesting. I find the whole detective work super, super interesting in general. Uh, we already learned that one of them was a heavy pipe smoker and uh, right-handed and... Uh, one of them had uh, several abscess in his mouth from rotten teeth, and it's just super, super interesting. But, you know, it just reminds us that all that didn't happen that long ago, and it forms this tangible link to understanding the people and the battle and what they fought for and who they were. It's, it's fantastic. Well, I'm very, very excited indeed, so I'm going to come out there as soon as possible, and um, people should watch and listen to this space. We'll be doing much more on this. But tell me, Rob, you mentioned isotopic analysis and things, as well as the reconstruction, learning from the, the bones themselves. What are we expecting the science to tell us over the next few weeks? Well, in the best of cases, science will be able to tell us if they fought in the French army or in the Prussian to finally answer that, let's call it an open question. So that is what I'm looking for. That is not a given, because as you know, Strontium analysis is very much based on geology. And the French army was a very international army. There were lots of Germans fighting on the French side. So it might be a bit difficult to get a good result there. But this is something I'm very much looking forward to. I'm not sure. Maybe Bernard can say a bit more about the DNA. Yes, uh, there is a 30% chance that this will work. The bones are degraded. They are much lighter than they should be as well. So uh, we don't know if it's going to work, but what is for sure is that we're going to try. I think it's really exciting also to have the prospect of putting a face on the soldier because they will be reconstructed uh, scientifically. And perhaps for the first time in a long time, we will have the face of private soldiers, the lower ranks, instead of having, you know, only generals, colonel and stuff like that. It is very exciting. And the DNA raised the possibility we may be able to find descendants. Is that... Um... That could be. Uh, we could think about comparing it to those popular genealogical databases. We could find relatives indeed. Imagine finding out that your ancestor or your relative was one of the bodies found on the field of Waterloo. That is just mind-blowing. Bernard, I should say, do you think this will lead to more people coming forward as the Belgians in the area realise that these family heirlooms in their attic, these strange curios, might actually be, well, are very important human remains and should be handed into scientists and the relevant authorities? Well, uh, it's a good question. I certainly hope so. I know that, that, you know, the Belgian attitude on bones is not the same as the British one. We usually don't look at them like sacred relics. There is not the same respect about casualties of war. But I think that more and more people are understanding nowadays that uh, this is important to come forward and to give them to the proper authorities for scientific analysis and just also to give them a place to rest. Yes, what will happen to the bodies once they've been analysed? Well, it's still a matter of debate as well, but I'm currently in contact with local authorities of Plancenois. The hope, of course, is to bury them as close as we can to where they fell 
and to give them perhaps, you know, a memorial or um, at least remember them. Rob, in Germany, how is the Prussian forebears of the German state, how are they remembered? Are they thought of as fully German or, or the fact that they're from a pre-unification state somehow clouds the memory? It is difficult to answer. I think if you look at uh, the current German population, most of the people won't even know what that period was. Uh, what happened, what went on. We talked about that before in the past. You probably remember you asked me the same question or a similar question in 2014 when you asked me whether the Germans remember the First World War. And I told you they don't really because it's all overshadowed by the great catastrophe that was the Second World War, the Third Reich, the crimes of the Nazis, etc., etc. And very much the same applies to the German uh, perception of uh, the Napoleonic Wars, the Wars of Liberation that has more or less been forgotten. That's why I say to Bernard, for me personally, it's very important to give these men a proper, nice burial and a ceremony they would recognize. Because if you look back in history, in Prussia, or in let's call it in the German states at that time, originating from Prussia and radiating from Prussia, these casualties of war are the first which are remembered by name and commemorated by name, I think, in all of Europe as early as 1813 these casualties of these wars were remembered by name in Prussia. You know, their names went up in churches. Not only the officers, every single Prussian soldier killed during these wars was remembered somewhere locally in name with a memorial. When the veterans of these wars died in the 1860s, their little campaign medals were nailed to these old boards to join their comrades in memory, which had fallen in these wars of liberation. It was a very important thing which was, of course, a matter of propaganda, yeah, because the Germans used this pseudo-religious idea of the struggle against the French to build the nation. Yeah? That's the start of German nationalism, of the birth of the German nation. It's super, super interesting. Yes, and uh, all that has been forgotten. Nowadays, no one remembers this. The old boards in the churches have been taken down. Many of them fell victim to the Second World War, uh, were plundered, burned. So the memory is very much forgotten. Here in the area where I live in Westphalia, there are still quite a lot of these memorials around, actually. So it might well be that the men we found at Plansenoir are remembered locally here in the church where I live. It's not impossible. And Bernard, do you think, in terms of the Belgian people's relationship with Waterloo, there were Dutch and Belgian troops there. How is the battle remembered in Belgium today? And would human remains help new generations explore this extraordinary history? The battle is remembered mostly as something that is no concern for Belgium whatsoever, because there is no Belgian army per se. Belgium doesn't exist at the time. And I think it's more um, a thing of tourism and local folklore. You know, you go with your parents when you were a child there, and then you completely forget about it unless you're, you know, a hardcore history buff. So I'm not entirely sure that the bones will help, but I think that... The skull bearing the violence of the battle might be helpful because it really is something moving. As I was explaining to Rob, when I was looking at the teeth that were, you know, broken by the butt of a rifle for the first time, really, I had a feeling to visualize the violence of the battle. I think the pictures that you've sent me definitely help you do that. Bernard and Rob... Thank you very much indeed. I am looking forward to seeing you guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan Snow's History. Please follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us, and you'll be doing us a big favor. Don't forget, you can also listen to all of these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of TV documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com slash subscribe as a special gift. You can also get your first three months for just £1 a month when you use code DANSNOW at checkout.